with the class part, meaning the shear part, the lecture part. We'll read inside everything that we already covered, more or less, and then I'll set you off for the last part of, um, of learning in Chavursa. Now, since I want to, I a heads up, since the notions that I'm going to read inside now are notions that we have already explained uh, orally, not inside, so unless there's like really a kind of a real strong question, fundamental question, if, if then go ahead and ask it. If not, just write it down for yourself and we'll discuss it in private when you'll do Chavursa, okay? Um, so, let's start. I'm going to start from, so in your, in your uh, photocopy pages, I'm going, going to go back to the last paragraph of page 9. Those who don't have the English text, it's on page 9, the last paragraph, Masha Inke. Those who have, have the, with the English translation, it's the paragraph that's uh, on top, atop footnote 94. So the page, the Mimer with the English translation doesn't have page numbers, but it has footnote numbers. So just go by whatever is on top of footnote, footnote 94. So that's the paragraph that we start. Masha Enkein, which is not the case, meaning after he described the simple servant who is going to be an Oved Elohim. And he explained that an Oved Elohim means that he fixes, right? He actually literally fixes the name Elohim, which is the name Teva, which is the power of God as it is within nature. So the Oved Elohim fixes nature by the fact that it constantly bends it. He constantly bends nature and does fixes it. And actually, I, I, last week, after class, I thought about another example. People, we all have muscles, right? Uh, but people who have to stay in bed for a very, very long time can have muscle atrophy. Because it ha- you, have to, you have to move it. Because if not, it, it, it will... It won't, meaning it won't stay better. It will become worse. So imagine a muscle being your nature. You constantly have to move it. If you just stay, leave it at rest, it's going to like rot. You can say, oh, I'm happy with my nature just like it is. Well, you can say the same thing about a muscle. Just like this muscle is in perfect condition, just let it rest. Well, yeah, but it won't stay in perfect condition. If you let it rest, it's going to deteriorate. If you actually want it to be the most efficient, you have to push it. And like I told you, I gave that a little bit of example. I said last week, in a workout, you know, the sentence, if it doesn't hurt, you haven't started. You haven't started. And because you're not pushing it. If it doesn't hurt, it means that you're not pushing it, and that doesn't really count. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't count. Um, so, so, so now, so once he's explained all of that, I'm just here. You see already? Taking just a couple of minutes just to explain the Masha and Cain. But in the opposite, meaning, after we have explained what an Oved Elohim is, okay, so what is the contrast? Masha and Cain. The Enkein, the contrast is Mishelo Oved Elohim, someone who is not an Oved Elohim. Meaning, 
in regard to the fact that he doesn't have all Malchot Shamayim, the yoke of Hashem's kingdom, to, to protect his soul by going against his nature. He does words. He protects his soul by going against his nature, but here now he's going to develop someone who does not do it. Canal, who doesn't protect his soul by going against his nature. Ah, although it could be that he's a person who does mitzvahs. And he learns Torah and he prays every day. But he does so in a very superficial manner. Only by, by uh, uh, habit. Now the word for habit. Huh? Um, what does that mean? It means habit, like you used yeah, to. but it's not helpful if you don't. Okay. Like, is that a, use, a word that people use in day-to-day English? No. Yes, yes wrote. Okay. R-O-T. Okay, by rote. Okay, well, well, now we've just... Uh, well, thank you first for teaching me uh, a new English word. Okay, so we're going to use it. Hergel, meaning like by being used to something, by rote. So he does it because he's used to. But it does not involve that he puts himself aside. That he puts his nature aside. And actually here, the, the Rebbe Rashab, the author of the Mimer, is going to quote a full verse in Isaiah. There's, an evo- there's a quote, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, Yan kinigash, for this people has approached me, befiv, which, with his mouth, with, with its mouth, meaning in davening, usvasav kibduni bisvila, and their lips have honored me with davening. But their heart was drawn away from me, was, a, was apart from me. So he says, so the Mimer explains, meaning that the prophet is referring, I mean, Hashem tells the prophet that he's referring to a divine service that is completely superficial. Sorry, what but uh, only, like you say in English, lip service. That's what the two words mean. So Safa is lip, mm-hmm. and Chutz is outside. Meaning, is that true? Yes. From my lips and outside, it's true. One second, and from your lips inside? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> so it's like, it's lip service. It's, out, it's outwards. Mitzad regilus, because it comes out of this this habit is by road, Shekar Regilus, I mean, so this is how he has been uh, used to do from his youth. Vechain, and so too, actually, those verses over there continue. God says to Yeshayahu, tell the people that I know that some of you fear me, mitzvah sanoshim melumada. As a commandment of man that hate that they have been taught. There is a double there is a double rebuke here. What do you mean mitzvah anashim? A mitzvah of man. It's a mitzvah is a mitzvah of Hashem. No, so this that's precisely Hashem's point. People don't even do it because it's Hashem's mitzvah. They do it because people say you have to do it because it's a mitzvah. It's called social pressure. 
Like you're doing it. Okay, I'm going to say a very, very nasty, very nasty, and naughty. No, not nasty. Very naughty. Uh, a Jewish joke. So it's a Jewish uh, religious joke. So it's 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 a, a kedusha naughty, not not a other kind of naughty. Uh, but the the naughty joke is that that what is in what does it mean that if, for example, a chassid has a rebbe, so what does it mean that he fears God? Yes, he fears God because he knows that God sees everything he does and God might tell his rebbe what he did. So that's a naughty joke. Like, one second, and what about God? No, oh, he's okay. I get along with him, but he might tell my rebbe, oh, that's bad. Then I'm going to be really in trouble. Uh, so like, here, like the wrong kind of irashamayim. Meaning, you don't really have irashamayim. You have yirat anashim. Basically, you fear people. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, before dying, wished his students, "May you fear God like you fear people." So his students, who were all giants in Torah, looked at him and said, "That's it." That we should fear Hashem as we fear people? Uh, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, yeah, that's it, and it's a big deal. Because when the person wants to do a Navera, he tells himself, oh, I hope no one sees me. So you see? Yeah, it's in Brachas. So his fear of people is actually bigger than his fear of man. Of, of God, I mean. Because he, tell, he tells himself, I hope no one sees me. Well, you know Hashem sees you. Again, okay, but that's okay. I mean, I don't. So, so he wished them, may your yirat shamayim, may your fear of God be as strong as your fear of man. So this is also an idea that, that here, I mean, similar to that, in this verse, in Isaiah, Hashem tells Yeshayahu, the prophet, go and tell Am Yisrael that I don't, that I don't agree, don't accept their religious observance as being satisfying. Because even when they talk and pray, it's lip service. And when they do mitzvot, they do it as mitzvot given to them by man, taught to them by man. There's two parts, right? It's a kind of a mitzvah of man. You do it because everybody does it. It's social pressure. So it's as if who commands you to do it? Society. Yeah, yeah, sure, Hashem, Hashem, yeah, society. And who taught you how to do it? Society. So it's mitzvahs anoshim melumada. Now you can say, well, that, well, that is a religious upbringing. True. But there is a difference between being a certain way in the beginning of an avodah, like a lot of things we do, even on a human scale, that we do naturally as kids, and everybody's okay with it because we're kids, but everybody also expects that as an adult, we grow out of it, and we start behaving as kids, like taking responsibility, and all kinds of things, regular behavior and day-to-day -day behavior, where certain things are completely acceptable and normal, and actually even sometimes cute when they come from children, they become not acceptable when it's in adults because they have to do, they have to know better, and they have to, they have to live their own life with their responsibility and maturity. Same thing in Avodat Hashem. Sure, 
there is a religious upbringing where a person will first do mitzvot because that's society and he will do it as a mitzvah for man taught by man. But then he has to become an Oved Elohim and not just keep it as a nature because then it means it's distant for me. It's not really me. It's just I do this because that's what everybody does all the time. Berigilus v'tivos mamesh that it states it's by road and nature. So it's something that they only have from what their fathers accustomed them to do when they were young. In which case there's no avoida, there's no work in it. With the yoke of Hashem, with their own uh, will. Last is negative, which only appears when the person goes against his nature. And even though it could be that a person got used to do mitzvahs and he himself would not have decided to do those mitzvahs, says the Rebbe Shab, still that doesn't count because he got used to that. Meaning if he was taught in a certain way and he got used to do certain mitzvahs, although true, you, even now you ask him, if it was up to you, would you still keep on doing that mitzvah? If Hashem would come to you and tell you, listen, this mitzvah is from now on non-mandatory. Would you still continue? A person says, oh no, I only do it because you have to. So you say, oh, you see? So he's going against his will. Says the Rebbe Rashab, a fine distinction. Against his will, yes. Against his nature, not. Because he has been accustomed to go against his will. But he's not going against his nature. That's how he has been brought up. That he puts his will, which is okay. We sh- you could say, well, shouldn't we congratulate the person? 100% you should congratulate the person. Because he could not be religious at all, not do anything. 100%. It's true. But it's, but it's true for everything in life. If a person was... was very, very well. I don't, I, I don't, my, my analogy is maybe not going to please or not going to be accurate. But let's say a person knew how to work the system and actually get by with social benefits and welfare and you name it. And barely worked here and there from time to time just afterwards to be, uh, to be eligible for certain benefits. To say, well, yeah, but that's, that's, not, that's not fair. That's not how you're supposed to do. That's not how... Society can function if you meaning those systems are here to help the needy, not to be exploited. exploited. Uh, but some people know how to do it and by the book. And technically, not necessarily doing fraud. Well, sometimes they could, but it actually can happen. A person is like playing the system, um, and then this person will say, "I I stopped doing that and I started working, have a regular job." It's true. You, you now become a real acting member of society. True. And you, you deserve all the praise. But at the same time, you will tell the person, but you do know minimum wage has a reason why it's called minimum. If you really, really you want to make big money, like a person is going to say, you know what? I was on welfare. I used to get more money than what I get now when I work. Mm-hmm. Which actually could be true. And you say, yeah, but it's not working the problem. It's like continue to push yourself. True, you're right. So don't stay in the 
minimum wage. Go further. What? Oh, so, so now, not only do I have to work, but now I have to work to, like harder to be able to gain more? Yes. True? Yes. 100%. So, do I condemn the person because he's a minimum wage? No, definitely not. Especially not if the alternative was just to become a burden on, on society's uh, economics. No, 100%. You were like, good for you that you didn't that you like you want to be a respectable member of society by having a job a regular job but sure you sh- but you should do more like so it's again i'm not sure the analogy is, is 100% correct but it's a little bit the idea the idea of that sure a person could be not religious not religious part of amnistrals like but what are you investing no no i'm not investing or oh, so you're just receiving you that you're being part of amnistral yep Okay, it's not really fair. That's not, that's not the deal Hashem made with us. But I guess you're still along for the ride. Uh, and then a person says, "No, I don't want to be just like weigh, weighing on um, Yisrael. I want to do my part." And a person does his part, but he does his part in a regular way. Are you going to condemn it? No, I don't condemn you. Actually, I applaud you. He's all the I mean, kolakavo. But still, you're a minimum wage. The person comes and says, you know, actually it's very difficult to get ends meet to ends to meet. Say, yeah, I know. Again, minimum wage. Like that's, that's really part of the idea. I get a cute joke and then I'm going to say, take your thanks. I heard this lately. Someone said, my parents had it very rough. They always, like, they, they, it was particularly tough to make ends meet at the end of every month. Especially the last 30 days. Okay, well, what's your question? Um, it's, I don't understand how you can go against your will but not against your nature. Because that Cause you can become used to go against your will. So then your will becomes your nature. No, it's still not your will. You just, your will is to go with your nature. You, you learned how to not resist. So then your will. You became, you became your compliant. Will is yeah, your will is compliant now. No, no, it's not, no, not, no. You still have your will, but you manage to, like, kind of silence it. Like, saying, okay, it doesn't matter if I want or not. But you got used to it. It's not an issue anymore. So then it seems, what is your will? Your will is to... to go, yes, exactly. If Hashem would come to you now and say, listen, this mitzvah, from now on, it's just a suggestion. You don't have to do it. Okay, you're sure? Yeah, okay. I'm not doing it. I don't really want to do it. I always felt I had to do it. But otherwise, it wasn't a fight. No, it wasn't a fight, because I was used to it anyways. It wasn't a fight. Meaning, I can take very, let's say, you know what, girls, I'm not going to take an example of basic things in Judaism, because then it's, Chaz uh, don't want to open up doors to all kinds of strange thoughts. So I'm going to take an example of something that is a chumrah on a minak. It's just for for example, there is a there is a no a minak on a chumrah, uh, both way rather. Okay, let a, a, a like a stringency on a custom. If, for example, someone would come 
and say to all the Ashkenazi Jews in the world, if a heavenly voice or a consortium of rabbis will come and say, from now on, the prohibition of kitniot, which is other kind of, uh, what is kitniot? Grains. grains on Pesach, but which is not cereal grains, is from now on just a suggestion. Exactly. Uh, no, no, now it's Menegh Yisrael. For Ashkenazim, it's Asr. No, it is. It's Halacha, it's Asr. became a Menegh Yisrael terror. It's Asr. But let's say, come and say, it's not Asr. It's a suggestion. You want to do it, you do it. You don't want to do it, you don't do it. So we could imagine a lot of people, even religious people, saying, oh, okay, yay. Right? Good? Fine. Oh, so you were never honored. I was very honest. I was told I'm not allowed. I didn't do it. But did I still want to? Yeah, of course I wanted to. Because Torah said no chametz. Torah never spoke about that. I was told, yeah, but this was added. Okay, fine. I, did. I didn't fight it. But would I still want to eat those kinds? Of, yeah, I still want. I mean, why not? You see? So you see, my will is still to eat it. Am I fighting my will? No, I'm not fighting because why am I not fighting? Why are you not fighting the will of eating kittens and pesos? Because you used. Because in your head, this is the way it is. Right? It seems like but you do know that kittens is not chametz. Yeah. But this is the way it is. This is the rule. So you have a rule that goes against your will, but it became a custom because that's how you grew up. You're not going against your nature every pace. I'm saying, oh my. Just I, meaning, your will is your nature. It, it would almost be like, I don't know, if, if, a, if a, Swardi, a, a Swardi person would marry with an Ashkenazi, then she would like fight her nature to respect that minak. It's like, because the Swardi never had that, that rule. She's like, what, what the heck? And I'm like, why? Why aren't you eating that? And actually, Ashkenazi, okay, find some kind of reasons, but that can or not be convincing. Uh, so you see so that person will then fight the nature why? because I'm doing this because it's minagistral and that's the way it is that's the way my husband does it whatever I'm not going to up that discussion now but that's the way uh, we decided to do it that I will take upon this minhag but, but you're going against your nature you are not going Chama you're not going against your nature on Pesach it, it seems like your will is your nature I don't get that can, can, you, can you define nature Okay, maybe will is uh, like pleasure, desire, what I like. Like, would I like to eat certain things of kidneys? Yeah, sure. It would, first, to begin with, give a variety of my Pesach menu. Uh, right? It would open up more possibilities. I would like that, but it's not an option. And since I'm young, I know it's not an option, so I don't even discuss it. But should I be presented with it? And people will say, and it's okay. Again, if you come out, the rabbanim would say, it's okay. Okay, yeah, go for it. Because it was, so it means the way you would jump on it would show that you, that you still wanted it. See, will? Meaning, potentially, you still desired it, just that you locked it out. You someone pl- starts to keep kosher. It's not like it's not their will anymore to eat. Exactly. Yeah, but then they have to fight. Here you didn't fight because you grew up knowing... And on Pesach, you don't need chametz, you don't need kidneys. So it's like it was a package deal. So you grew up like this. You don't question it. That's the way it is. But you don't fight it. You don't have to fight it, although you still desire it. 
So in a way, you go against it, but you're not fighting it. But we have to continue class. So if, if, if you had a question. But, so. I, had, I thought of something that might be a good parallel. Thing, yeah, so, if you don't mind. Okay, so let's continue inside. And this is what it says. And you will return, meaning you will ponder, and you will see between a tzaddik and a rasha. Remember the sentence that we put on the board last week. That there, of course, there is an absolute distinction between the tzaddik and the rasha, the righteous and the wicked. And that is something that you can visibly see in their deeds. The distinction between a good behavior and a bad behavior. Says the verse, So too, Meditate, analyze. V'tir'u, then you will see hevdel ha'nikr le'ain ha'ro'eh, a hevdel that will be seen only to the eye that can see. <laughs> Interesting, right? A difference that can be seen to the eye who can see. Meaning sometimes you have an eye but you can't see. Tzadik and Rasha, you don't need a specific eye. It's, it's visible to everyone. Good behavior, bad behavior. But here is going to come a tricky person, like religious behavior, religious behavior. Find the difference. And it could be that don't see any difference. Religious behavior, religious behavior. Torah mitzvah, Torah mitzvah. Same thing. I don't see a difference. So he says, well, for the eye who sees, he sees the difference. Ben Oved came between someone who serves God who is someone who, who works Elohim, meaning he fixes Elohim, that he goes beyond his nature, with his real acceptance of heavenly yoke, the difference with someone who is not serving Hashem, with a yoke at all, canal, as we just said. Although their deeds in their divine worship, such as in prayer and learning and doing mitzvahs, it is one and the same. Although the deeds is one and the same. He does, he does. He learns, he learns. She does mitzvahs, she does mitzvahs. It's like, like, same thing. One thing. That although we're talking about a person who is not a Rosh Hashanah, but he has no yoke of Malchot Shamayim. And it's true that for us, as a human being, we usually see only what is visible to the eyes. Meaning, we just see the exterior side of the action. While Hashem sees the heart. Is there Hashem's yoke in His divine service? Does He submit His nature? Legamre totally. With Hashem's yoke that is upon him. Which in that case, he's a true Oved Here he goes to the 100%. Can it be 90%, 80%, 70%, 60%, 50%? Of course. It's not zero to one. 
He describes, or the hundred percent, the Oved Elokim Be'emet is someone who all the time goes against his nature. And now we go to the hundred percent of the other side. Someone who has no yoke at all, and does not sub- submit his nature at all, does not break his nature. Even someone who, for example, is a, a, a studious, because now he's going to talk about the quality of learning Torah. So we're going to talk about someone who is studious by nature. For example, he's also, he's, he's also not hot-blooded. Meaning, even when it comes to earthly pleasures, he is more on the on the mellow, huh? mellow. mellow side of things, right? He's, yeah, he's more mellow. Meaning, he's like, okay, he's not, he's not. So the word baltaiva always uh, has a negative, like very strong negative connotation. Meaning, a person who's a baaltava, meaning he's like all the way into pursuing pleasures, like almost a hedonistic person. But, but there is also the nature of having tithes, that I'm out to have fun, and I'm out to have pleasures. Or there's a person who is like, no, it's more like settled and calm and by nature, and I have no idea the word that Nahama used, but I guess I, mellow. yeah, mellow. Um, no, yeah, but we're talking about desires. Uh, no, he's not a content person. He's a person who bichlal is not. Yeah, he's not turned on by other things that people can get turned on. He's okay. I mean, is it not? Yeah, it's nice. Whatever. Meaning, yeah, why not? But why yes? You see, like, doesn't care. Like he's not out. To, he's not going to seek out those pleasures because he's a little bit indifferent to them. Like, doesn't care so much for those kind of things. Like, for example, imagine a very, like a big intellectual person. I'm just giving a, a human example. A very intellectual person who's way more into like science discoveries, so you name it, etc., etc. It's like, you want to go and party? No, I'm fine. I'm okay. And why? You don't want to have fun? I, I, nothing. It's, like, it's not something that I'm looking out to do. Like, I'm not even feeling that I'm losing out. Just not, not, not particularly interested by that. Yeah, whatever. Like I like more what I'm doing now. Uh, easy going? No, it's not easy going. It's like the, the like it's like as if it's, it's as if it's earthly pleasures or carnal pleasures are like on very low fire. Mm-hmm. More intellectual or yeah, so yeah, those kind of things. He's calm by nature. He's not he's not in, into those things, whatever it can be. Does he get excited about physics? Uh, could be. Could be if it's intellectual, it could be, but you're going after Tivus, he won't have so much. So, why not think? Because automatically, such a nature, it seems to be, would have a much easier time to be religious, especially if it, that's his upbringing. And the answer is yes, of course it would. Because his Yetzirah is not going to have so much things to, like, to go about. He won't have to struggle so much in life. Because like learning Torah and doing mixers, well, he loves learning, okay, so check. And doing mitzvahs, yeah, he's used. And then there's all the various you're not allowed to do, but anyways. So why is it like, 
Oh, because no, because potentially he could have. He might have an idea, right? but it's like very, very low key. It's very low key, so it's easy to, it's it's easy to push off. So he might have a yitzhara that comes up here and there, like talking Russian hara, and it's like it's like a, he has a cute yitzhara. He really has a cute yitzhara, like, like a nice yitzhara. Yeah, no cute. Yeah, he has a cute Yitzhahara. You see what I mean by that? Yitzhahara is like really easygoing. Like he targets him like small things here and there. Like, okay, easy peasy. And the person, why? Because Yitzhahara can't come to him with things that have to do with food or sexuality or you name it. Because the person anyways is not so turned on in his nature by those things. So he's like, no, but that's us, sir. Bye-bye. So, so I mean, like it's not like it, the Yitzhara doesn't has nowhere to go. So he's gonna come with more like simple things towards the first. So you can see, well, this is a great Oved Elokim. This is a great person who is an Oved Elokim who serves God. Says the Maimah, zero, nada, nothing, yet, gornish. He's not an Oved Elokim. He's just religious. So what? What do you have against religious people? The so I have nothing against religious people, but he's not an Oved Elokim. Because he's studious by nature, he has a very, 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 very soft Yetzahara. But in any case, he doesn't go against his nature. He doesn't have the yoke of Hashem. So he's called someone who did not serve Hashem. And now he like circles back and he says, but over the Lukim woman she makabel all of oil malchus shamayim is someone who takes upon him Hashem's yoke mitzad yiro fachado yikim because of absolute fear and and reverence of God umitzad oil malchus shamayim davkain by this yoke of Hashem shalav that is upon him harehu oise mashe oise he does everything he does pain besur merav pain basaytoiv both in staying away from evil than in pursuing and doing the good etc. Now you'll start the Chavrusa. Uh, it's like not a lot to go until the end of the Mimer. And he did. now he's going to go back to the beginning of the Mimer. In the beginning of the Mimer, he started with quoting the whole beginning of the Mimer. Some of you were not here, and even those who were here, it was so long ago that you forgot. It started with quoting an episode in, in the Torah, in the end of the Book of Numbers. There's an episode where the tribesmen of Reuven and God asked to stay on the eastern side of the Jordan River, which is today Jordan, and not enter the promised land of Israel. And there was a whole discussion, like Moshe Rabbeinu first told them, well, what are you talking about? This is a bad idea. And the final compromise was, okay, if you cross the river, Jordan, together with all your brothers, and wage war in front of Hashem for the conquest of the land, then you can settle in the eastern side of the Jordan. That was the, that, that's the story over there. Now that story is going to become, is, is going to be explained, not going to become, is going to be explained in its Hasidic dimension, where everything, what is the river, what does the land of Eretz Yisrael stand for? What does it mean we have a lot of cattle? That's why we don't want to cross the river. Everything is going to be explained in Chassidus that everything is a correspondence. 
cattle is a correspondence to Nefsha Bahamas. River is a certain correspondence. Eretz Yisrael corresponds to something. And there can be a situation in one's divine worship where one does not want to cross the river into Eretz HaKodesh. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, well, you could not go into Eretz HaKodesh provided that you go and wage war then you can stay on that level so this is the mimer is not going to, to explain that like the correspondences what does it mean who are the Bnei Ruven and God spiritually standing for what does cattle, sta- cattle stand for and so on and so on okay so it starts Valpi um, Hanal at the footnote 95 uh, where, for those of you in English and at page number 10 and uh, yeah, wherever I start reading at the end here, yeah, at the end of the right hand column. No, the, no, the beginning, the beginning of the left hand column of page number page ten. Okay. We'll do chavursa forty minutes until one o'clock, and then we'll. What is the, the, the other other mitzvahs? Yes.